get back in there and finish the dance. Man, look at Sammy's hand. His hand like that. We can't play without him. Sammy, you gotta play. You can play the guitar. Who's riffing C? Take the. Hardly the case. Welcome to The Real World on CATR 101.9 FM with Dama and Dora, uh, broadcasting live from the traditional and unceded territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Um, the Real World is the UBC Film Society's radio show where we try to connect with other campus clubs and organizations through film. That's exactly it. We just played Lines by Said the Whale, a local Vancouver band. Check them out. They're pretty good. Yeah, we're into it. I'd actually never heard of them. And I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like pretty chill, pretty nice. I was into it, so that <laughs> makes sense. Listen to it. Um, I think oh, we're we're gonna play another song later. That's also like a, a can- Canadian band, and it's just like says Canada a lot. And I think it's funny. <laughs> like I thought it was funny to do that. Why? Because we're not talking about Canadian film today. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about say it because I'm foreign. <laughs> Say it! Uh, Iranian film. Iranian film. We have, we've gone through a lot of ways of saying that word. Iranian, Iranian, Iranian. So many ways. <laughs> you just said Iranian twice. I said Iranian. Oh, okay. Iranian, okay, okay. Iranian. Lots okay. of different ways. Maybe. Language is very flexible. It's great. We love it. The magic of. Yeah. So, d- Dora, do you want to tell us why we're doing I- Iranian film? I would love to. Amazing. Um, so a couple of weeks ago now, I think it was, um, the Cinematheque had a contemporary Iranian cinema like festival or like run. Um, and I thought it was a really interesting like topic. Like Ooh. it felt well, it just like felt kind of very out of left field. Yeah. Um 
which and it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and then also I have a friend um, in Toronto. His name is Mahadi Chaudhry. He is a Bengali artist. He's phenomenal. Mm. People should just Google him because he's just so Google talented. Him. But he um, is studying um, like Middle Eastern history. Yeah. And while he is from Bangladesh, he folk he loves film and he focused uh, is a lot of his degree on Iranian film, um, mm. which I thought. Also, again, like, felt kind of random, but if Mahadi likes it, then I like it. Then we have to look into it. Yeah, we have, we have to, like, to. see what is up and, like, why this is so, what's so, like, char- charismatic about yeah, it. Yeah, what's so edgy about it? So that was why, I, those were the two main um, reasons why I thought that we should do an episode mm-hmm. on it. Um, I feel like uh, we should give a disclaimer at the beginning of this I, or I should, I don't know about your mm. background, but I don't know a lot about Iranian culture. Me neither. Um, but I'm taking a step. <laughs> Call in if you if have. You know about yeah, it. Yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts. We would love to try and answer your phone call so that you can talk to us about Iranian culture. We care. And like the context that these films yeah. exist in. That would be really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you want to say what? Film these yeah so i'm i'm very um hesitant to say names because i do not know how to pronounce things oh yeah we oh yeah we don't speak persian yeah <laughs> like we will be saying these in english yes and i will be trying very hard to pronounce this but basically i watched two uh short documentaries um, that this uh, Iranian poet was involved in directing and editing, which I think is really, really, really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, so her name is, oh my god, Faro Farokzad. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce these. Um, and she only directed one film, and it was this documentary called The House is Black in her entire life, because she was like predominantly this really controversial poet that like wrote from a female point of view which again I don't know a lot about Iranian culture but um like it's a general theme throughout history that like female artists um aren't always looked upon as being a great thing um so yeah she was like really controversial for like not only being Uh, a female-bodied person that, like, was very persistent about speaking in her art persistently from a female point of view. Um, She was really cool. And she She decided... She sounds amazing. Yeah, right? And she decided to direct this documentary called The House is Black, and she also did a lot of editing for um, other other documentaries. So the other documentary that I watched is called The Fire, uh, and she just edited that one. I do not remember the director's name at the moment, so I will talk about The House is Black first. Um, do you want to tell me what you watched, or should I just go into Yeah, the I'll House just give, Black? like, a little yeah. tease about um, what we'll be getting into. Mm-hmm. I watched um, Taste of Cherry, which is a 1997 Iranian film that won um, something d'or at Cannes Festival that mm-hmm. year. Um, and it's just like really briefly about a man who's driving around an Iranian uh, the the suburb of um, Tehran which is the capital of Iran mm-hmm. um, a suburb of Tehran and like tries to find people to help him um, essentially like hide his body once he's committed suicide mm-hmm. and it's really That's really so interesting. interesting yeah um, I'm really excited to talk about that and then I also watched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night um, which is a 2014 film about a vampire. Ooh. I know. That is exciting. So, I mean, it's not just about the vampire, but um, yeah, really good. Both of them, I was like, heck yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Thanks. Um, so basically, uh, The House is Black. I'm trying to figure out exactly when it was made. It's like a pretty old documentary. 1962 is when it was made. Um, that is and it's, that's out, that's old. Yeah. Quite, <laughs> quite old. Black and white. Um, and I think... It, like, really comes out, like, the director's poetic background is very evident in this film because it's essentially just about maybe 25 minutes long, and it's going through this community of uh, people with leprosy in oh. Iran. I'm going to say, yeah, in Iran. And, like, the theme of the documentary is supposed to be, like, in, like, so many air quotes, like, ugliness. And that's what, like, she's trying to portray throughout. Like, it's about, like, ugliness and faith and, like, still having faith despite 
like bad circumstances um and throughout the film you're all you see is just a lot of shots of these people in this community uh that is just like infected with leprosy and they like in the background you just hear this poem that uh the director wrote so you it's just like music and lots of shots of these people it with at various stages of the disease so some people that have had to like amputate limbs some people whose like faces are quite distorted and then some people who like you can barely tell that anything's wrong because like they've already started being treated and i think it's just a really powerful film because it's portraying these people um and it goes back and forth between the poem that the director herself wrote and like different uh passages from a sermon that this um cool that like they're all reading together so it's like you start off um with a close-up of this like uh leper woman i don't know is that how you say that this woman that has leprosy um and at first like you can't like her her face is all covered so you can't see but then slowly you start saying oh wait like there's something there and then they start talking about ugliness and like portraying it like almost trying to desensitize the viewer to seeing like these people and uh while a lot of it is like quite artistic and it's supposed to just be like look at these people this is how they're living um there's also a lot of social commentary in terms of how not enough not enough is going into helping this particular um leper community um because at that time there was already a cure to leprosy like they knew that if they like took care of people that had this disease early on you could stop them from going through like the intense pain (laughs) that comes with the later stages of this illness Mm -hmm. um and that's something that's commented on very early on in the film like at first you don't really understand that it is about leprosy because they don't at no point do they say like this is a film about a leper community um but you like start seeing like similar traces um and then eventually the like the director herself is like leprosy has a cure if we had started curing these people before like you can live a normal life you can change it but what we've chosen to do is isolate these people in and this is just about one leper community but apparently it's like a thing throughout iran where you just have these closed gate communities where you just put every person that has leprosy in there and they get treatment in terms of like they if you you need to have something amputated they'll amputate it for you they'll like take care of you but it's just not taken care of in a way that is really sustainable in the way that like you can do now so i just thought it was really interesting because it was a like very like beautiful mix of social commentary and like very interesting cinematography like it was very long shots of just people living their lives in these communities like some people just going about living their regular life and then going back to this sermon that they kept giving like i'm it was a lot about being thankful so like i'm thankful for having this i'm thankful for having eyes so that i can see i'm thankful for having like ears so that i can hear but a lot of them like had to have some of these like things amputated or like because of their condition they can't actually see anymore they can't actually like use these body parts anymore so it's like really interesting to see um and at the yeah that's fascinating yeah 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 towards the end there's one kid who like is asked are you thankful for having your mother and father and he's like I don't have a mother and father and I'm just like okay so these people like it's not I don't know it just felt a lot about like isolating these people that no one wants to see because of their quote-unquote ugliness Mm -hmm. and what the directors seem to be trying to do is be like like no (laughs) it's not an ugly thing like there's beauty in it and despite being in this terrible circumstance like being completely isolated from society in these leper communities they still have so much faith and like not necessarily religious faith either it's just like faith faith in life yeah exactly at the end there's this really beautiful scene of like a party that's happening and it's just um yeah just all of them going out i think it might have been a wedding i don't remember fully but it's just like everyone dressed up everyone was like trying to make themselves more beautiful than they are in their regular state so just like the way that they comment on beauty 
was really really beautiful and just like the poem going on in the background and going back and forth between the sermon and their regular life i thought it was just like hauntingly beautiful how so, long was this movie 20 20 minutes maybe okay, 25 cool. yeah 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 so it's like if you were just to like look at this footage for like an hour i could see it being very heavy and very difficult because mm-hmm. like it is like you see like the wounds of lepers like it's not fun to look at it's very sad um so I'm I'm glad that it's a short film just because it's like easier That's to digest. Overwhelming, yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be quite overwhelming if it was longer. But I think it was like quite a good length, especially because there was also like poetry in the background. It's like a good, good length for a poem art, yeah, documentary type film. That sounds absolutely fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it's super super cool. I really liked it. Um, I was just thinking while you were speaking, mm-hmm. and we'll probably we'll probably get into this a little later in the episode. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that we were able to do a topic that was so broad yeah um because i feel like there are so many um i mean i don't know what i want the takeaway of this episode to be yeah maybe we can like think about it or like articulate it throughout but um i guess the main thing that i kept coming up with was like and it's like so cliche but like the same issues with like socialization and like social prioritization mm-hmm. that are happening in our community in canada and in the united states oh 100 are the same as in iran yeah there's a whole, like this idea of ugliness is not and like the fact that hollywood is like this huge like movie making business mm-hmm. like doesn't mean it has um like a trademark on like social issues mm-hmm. and like social conceptions of other people like it's all it's like very universal yeah which is really cool yeah yeah i think it's so cool that like you can you can step into the film of a culture that is completely foreign to you like i know nothing about this um but i could still connect with a lot of what was happening in this like it's the same kind of issues that are coming up and that like people feel the need to speak to regardless of the culture so i think it's like so interesting to see a different take on it um often when i see like a lot of the movies that i watch that have social commentary are like longer documentaries Mm -hmm. or like longer films that are like just classic like western stuff that i'm used to uh and they're still very powerful but it's very interesting to see the same social issues being uh taken from such a different point of view yeah so yeah i was very into it cool very very good um do you want to play a song and then we'll come back yeah yeah, let's do it um this is dama picked the music for this episode but this (laughs) is the one song that i have requested it played in um a girl walks home alone at night and i thought it was really really cool it's from an iranian group based in la um and it's called i'm not going to try to say um the name but it's called remember that day so enjoy. You're listening to The Real World on CITR 11.9 FM. We'll be right back.
they were nihilists, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Nihilists. The Great Escape from Nihilism, Rediscovering Our Passion in Late Modernity by Dr. Gordon E. Karkner involves a journey out of the prison of contemporary nihilism and into a meaningful life trajectory. Rooted in the work of Canadian premier philosopher Charles Taylor, this book is a relevant read for students and faculty. You can find it at the UBC or Regent bookstores. Who's the f***ing nihilist around here, you bunch of f***ing crybabies? <laughs> we got a theory. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. We know how magnets work. If magic is all we've ever known, then it's easy to miss. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting. It's what really goes on, but I've seen miracles in every way, and I see miracles. Newspapers and magazines did you regularly read to stay informed and to understand the I've world? read most of them, again, with a great appreciation for the press, for the media. But like what I mean, specifically? Um, all of them. Want to know more than Sarah Palin? Join CITR's Current Affairs Coordinator, Alex DeBoer, every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. in room 2514 in the AMS Nest to learn best practices for covering local current affairs topics for radio. The weekly training sessions will cover writing for radio, determining newsworthiness, media ethics, interviewing, writing balanced stories, and more. Hello and welcome back to The Real World on CITR 101.9 with Dora and Dama. Broadcasting live from the unceded territory of the Musqueam people. Yeah. Yes, that is what we're doing. <laughs> and you just listened to, what's the English name? Remember That Day by Beirut. Yeah, and this is, segues very nicely into the next movie that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Dora, mm. take it away. Okay. So uh, today's episode is all about Iranian film. Yes. Dominic just did a beautiful uh, little mini piece mm. on documentary House of Black. That's what it's called, right? The House is Black. The House is Black. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, and that song that we just played, like Dama beautifully mentioned, was in um, the movie that I, uh, one of the movies that I watched um, called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, I mentioned earlier in the episode that the inspiration for this um, kind of topic was um, honestly largely my friend Mahadi Chaudhry, who's an artist based in Toronto. He loves this movie. He... Oh. Like, I remember when he watched it because he texted me and was like, I just watched the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, And I love vampires and I love Mahati, so. It works. Yeah, it made sense. Everything's coming together. Mm -hmm. Um, So this movie is about um, a guy named Assam, I think. Mm. Can't really remember. Whatever. I watched it last night, I promise. Yeah, I Um, believe you. Thanks. And he... His father is a heroin addict, and um, they owe a lot of money to this guy. Um, this like evil drug guy. Yeah. Um, so that's like kind of the setup. Very early on, evil drug guy is killed by a vampire. And we see her, and kind of like her mo is she follows a thirty-year-old prostitute around. Um, the city where they live, which is like a small city in Iran. Um, and um, kills anyone who mistreats her. Ooh. I know. And I she, love it. I know. Um, she doesn't know the prostitute. They aren't, um, they don't have a dialogue until later in the film mm. um, when she's like, why are you following me? Mm. Um, but that's kind of like how she feeds. Mm. I have a question about the vampire. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, is it normal that vampires are a thing in this world? Is it a thing that everyone knows about? No. Okay. No. I mean, it's kind of unclear. Like, people don't talk about vampires. Okay. Like, the, the the humans don't talk about vampires. But no one is really that surprised when they find out that she is a vampire. Okay. Um, Moving on. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a very good thank you. Yeah. Um, and so this guy... Um, gets involved, Assam gets involved in it because at the beginning of the movie, this guy takes his car mm. um, and he wants it back. 
And that's when he meets this person for the first time and, like, sees that this guy is dead and then, like, leaves. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is kind of like a love story Ooh. Um, between the two of them, mm-hmm. which is just cute. I like romance. Yeah. Romance um, and vampires. Yeah. And it's really cute. They, like, get together on <laughs> Halloween because he dresses up as Dracula. Oh, that's funny. And he's like, I'm a vampire, but don't worry, I won't hurt you. And she's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> um and it was really sweet they're like a bunch it's like a classic vampire love story kind of um they're like moments well he doesn't know that she's a vampire there are moments where like um she she it looks like she's about to kill him and then like doesn't and you're like yes yeah don't kill him um and then in the end um he kind of figures it out and is okay with it good mm-hmm. i'm glad he accepts her yeah i know totally. <laughs> um i thought that this movie was interesting because it was like quite beautiful it was also black and white funnily mm. um and because horror like specifically as a genre is like really like very clearly a commentary or like speaks to a lot of like social do's and don'ts yeah so the thing that vampires are usually associated with is like sexual deviancy mm-hmm. um and it used to be that or like traditionally i guess um vampires are male ca- characters who um yeah, kill, prey on young women yeah prey on young sexual women yeah um so i was really excited that she was preying on this female vampire was preying on like bad dudes Mm. um but i was doing some research on like hookup culture in iran and i found a reddit thread that's cool (laughs) um and it was i mean enlightening i guess like it was just like really it was a good context i think to have for the movie yeah um so typically there are like kind of two main um cities it came out um Mash- Masad and Tehran and it's re- like hookup and dating culture is kind of split um between who is kind of like the champion of the faith mm. um in that community um and nor- and that's like pretty classed so in Tehran um the upper classes are usually like um consistently more western and less faith based Mm. so they are actually going to be more likely to be like sexually open versus um in Mossad where and then the lower classes there are very faithful and practicing Mm. and then in Mossad it's the other way around where the upper and middle classes actually are kind of the holders of the faith and the lower classes are more likely to be involved in that kind of culture um and this movie it's on it's not really set in a city Mm -hmm. um it's kind of just set in like an urban space yeah but there is some interaction between the classes um and the upper class kind of like lifestyle is does seem very western Mm. so i would assume it's something uh more similar to um the tehran setup also because the vampire wears um a scarf um kind of like a burqa but like not covering her face okay um and they she lives in the same in the same part of the city um as a psalm and that's quite a poor area okay this is everything that I've learned. This is them, yes! like, applying to the world. Um, I also looked up, like, Middle Eastern um, vampires. And there are three main ones. And only one of them is female. Her name is Estri. And she could, like, turn into a bunch of um, different animals and stuff. Are these, like sorry middle eastern vampire myths or like yeah okay cool um and she mainly preyed on like hebrew people um but i think that the like animal thing is really important because um in this movie there's a cat that a song bring home brings home and his dad is like it's your like his dad is like kind of going through withdrawal and he's like that's your mom like 
the cat is your mom and he's like no she's not like um and then eventually the vampire gets the cat and they are like very closely linked in the film so that's that part of it that's really cool (laughs) thank you um and the movie was really well done i was talking to my sister about it the only kind of frustrating thing is um there were moments where you were like oh this is a young filmmaker yeah um which you don't i think it's like how can you tell like there would be moments of kind of like like exaggerated artistry okay so this film was about like narratively and like character wise it's about a vampire and this guy yeah but there was like there were a couple scenes where like for example um there was and it was cool that it was in there but there was like a drag queen just like dancing around a courtyard with a balloon which is like it was like completely out of context it made no sense (laughs) yeah but and it's like cool that it was there because it's like oh this is drag culture and this is like how iranian like in this iranian space people are playing with gender in like a cool way but it also was like why is this here what's the what's the and it went on for so long oh really oh that's really funny i love it when there's something completely out of context and it just stays for so long and you're like you're probably trying to mean something with this but it but damn it makes sense (laughs) yeah Um, oh cute so yeah that was like a little frustrating about it but still really good movie Mm -hmm. um and yeah that's cool thanks i i'm very drawn to this i like kind of want to watch it you should (laughs) like um you you mentioned like how horror in general is like meant to be a commentary on like social do's and don'ts is this more like is this supposed to be like a horror movie or is it yeah it's like a horror romance oh i think i forgot to mention is it was a female director which i think is really that's so cool important yeah 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 okay um so it was more about um it was punishing harmful masculine mm-hmm. um, sexual expression. Which is so such a good take on that. Yeah, the only thing about it, though, was um, it was very exaggerated. Like, it kind of was like a rapist in the bushes kind of, like, idea of, like, toxic um, masculine sexual expression. Oh, okay. Where, like... Like, it wasn't like Aswam was, like, mean to this. He wasn't a bad guy. But there were moments of, like, um, like, he, like, they get together after he's, like, rejected by this other woman. And mm. he's just, like, sad. Oh, that's And it's annoying. like, oh, well, that has nothing, like, that woman is allowed to say no to you. Yeah. And, like, and, like, again, like, Aswam's not a bad guy. But, like, not. I found it a little, it was just a little exaggerated. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't, like, a, um, I don't think, like, it was obviously a productive depiction of, like, um, like, harm. And that, like, harm is happening and, like, harm is being punished. But it wasn't realistic harm. Okay. Whereas, like, in, at least in, like, Western movies, it could just be, like, a young woman who like is becoming sexually aware that is enough reason to kill them Mm -hmm. whereas like in this film in punishing masculinity it like had to be incredibly violent to justify that yeah um which i don't agree with or like i yeah no i i get that that makes sense to me thanks cool nice nice um i think it's interesting that you were commenting on like how you can tell that someone is like a young filmmaker or like has just started making film because the second movie that i watched was the first film that the director ever directed oh really yeah should i just get into it yeah let's do it cool so this is the one that the previous director from the house is black not gonna try and say her name i'm so sorry um she edited this film and the director is el oh my god Ibrahim Golestan. I'm sorry. I can't say words, but that's fine. No, that was good, Dama. Thank you. <laughs> I really hate butchering names. It makes me so sad. Anyway, um, and he 
uh, the the movie's called A Fire. And this is also like I think 25 minutes long is this documentary. There's like not a lot to say about it because it's like the title says it all. It's about this fire. It was um <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. They uh hi, they were like digging for oil in this one place and then like a spark from one of the machines came off and just started this huge fire in the middle of this like rural community. And it's this so huge. Like this fire is enormous and they were like the movie is about trying like the efforts that everyone was putting in trying to put it out. This fire burned for like 77 days. Holy. 77 days of just a raging fire like this is crazy to me, like, the fact that that, that was a thing that happened. And, yeah. like, people, uh, I think they tried, like, five di- on five different occasions or, like, five different task forces assigned to putting down the fire. Wow. Um, they were, like, trying to put it out in all these different ways, and they kept being unable to do it because it was, like, so powerful. Mm-hmm. They had to, like, they had initially this one vehicle that they were just gonna like get close to it and then spray it with water and then that didn't work so they had to like make an armored shell for the vehicle they like made this weird like cocoon for the vehicle so that they could get in closer to the fire like to get into the source and you go through like how they built it and how like that didn't work either like it started melting so they had to get out and go back to the drawing board and I don't know, one of my favorite parts of this was uh, near the start, like, after they established that there was there is a fire and it keeps burning, they're like, the fire just became a part of the landscape. And then they just, like, there's... I think this is where you see that it's, like, a young filmmaker, but I loved it. I thought it was so good. Like, they just spent so long, like, with shots of the cows and the sheep in this community just like grazing right next to the fire like they don't care they're so cool it's so good it's like this huge like enormous fire and then it's just like yeah the the cows don't care like at first it was scary but after a week of a consistent fire burning they just go back to their regular life and you see it like infecting the atmosphere like there's smoke everywhere they had to, like, evacuate, obviously, the people that lived in the town because it was super, super harmful to be, like, breathing in those fumes all the time. But so much time... But also, wa- there was a fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, the fire was in, like, a field. Oh, okay, like, It was okay. separate from the town. Like, they could have kept living there if it wasn't for the horrible toxic fumes oh, yeah, that were infecting that this entire thing. That's so um, but it's so funny. Like, there's... I don't know, a solid five minutes of, like, and the, the fire became a part of the landscape. And you just, like, see people going about their daily lives. And, like, the I love the, the shot with the cows and the sheep just, like, grazing and living their lives with this huge fire in the when background. When was it made? It's also a 60s one. Let okay, me, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think it's interesting that you watched, like, fairly modern films mm-hmm. that are also, like, fictional, clearly. And I watched, like, yeah. two, <laughs> like, pretty, like, intense, intense documentaries yeah. from the 60s. Um, like, I was kind of drawn to them because they, both of these directors are really influential um, in bringing about the new wave of Iranian film. That's, like... How, how they described all the things that I read online. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the director of A Fire has gone on to, like, he did kind of a series of four documentaries, which A Fire was the first one okay. of. So I didn't watch the other ones. But, yeah, it's like he he just made it at the beginning of his film career because he was, like, working with oil companies. Mm-hmm. And then he, this happened to one of the oil companies that he was working for. And it was just, like, really interesting to see uh, this particular film. Like, the first one that I watched was all in Persian, and it had subtitles. This one, like, the version that I found was actually, like, dubbed in English the oh, entire time cool. because there's no characters. There's no, like, people talking. There's actually, at no point do you actually hear what the people are talking about when they're oh, trying to Oh, it's all, like, fire. narrated over? Yeah, yeah, it's all that's narrated fascinating. over. Yeah, so I it was all in English for me. And I don't remember why I thought that that was relevant. But it's... It's really cool. It's yeah. good to know. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, like, interesting how... Yeah, I wish that I knew more about... I mean, like, I feel like this might just be an episode of I wish I knew more. Yeah. But I wish I knew more about um the Iranian film industry's history. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. All I know is that around the 60s, there was a new wave that came about. Oh, wow. And this poet director and this a fire director were, like, really influential. Mm-hmm. Which I think is so cool because um, Faro who is the poet director from before, like, she is not a filmmaker. No. She is a poet. a poet who happens to direct one film and edit two other films. Like And changed. Yeah, and, but she is seen as such an important figure in mm-hmm. this. Um, so her, like, also helping Golstan, who is specifically a director who, like, went about continuing this first, like, new wave, um, I think it's super cool, and I, I really like the fire. I think it's like really cool. It sounds really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I I really like how they like show these different people that all went in to try and put out the fire. I think that's like pretty important because th- at first it was just like just the oil company is gonna do it, and they're like, nope, we need some help. So they went to uh, the townspeople and were like, okay, let's get some help from them. And it was just a lot of, like, going around trying to find as many different people to make this happen because they kept being unable to put it out. It's really funny to me, but it was, like, also really, like, well-directed. I really liked how everything was shot. I will say it again. The sheep and cows grazing with fire (laughs) in the background is the best shot I've seen in, in my life. It's so good. But yeah, that's that's what I have to say about this. I'm so happy that you got to have that experience oh, yeah. for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it as well. It's it's a fun time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, should we play a song now or yeah. anything? Um, let's play. Um, Do you want to play the Beats Antique one? In a hot, <laughs> hot second. <laughs> Amazing. Um. Let's play Peach Pit just because I like yeah. want to listen to Peach Pit. We like Peach Pit. Yes, we do. JK, we're just gonna play Beats Antique. Okay, cool. <laughs> um I think Beats I'm gonna like preface this. I think Beats Antique is really cool. They're like a California band, but or group, I guess. But they have like these really cool Middle Eastern influences in them. Like the reason that I know them is because I listen to a lot of Balkan Beatbox, which is this like Israeli band. And they just like connected me to a bunch of these like really cool electronic uh, artists that have lots of really cool things. So we are going to listen to Vesper Star off of their album Shadowbox featuring Alam Khan. Enjoy. And you're listening to The Real World on CITR 11.9 FM. We'll be right back.
Nikkei National Museum's Hastings Park 1942 exhibit marks the 75th anniversary of Japanese-Canadian internment. Visit the exhibit until January 13th to see Japanese Problem, a contemporary performance piece which offers a glimpse into a dark episode of history at the Peonies Livestock Barn. Nikkei National Museum is located in Burnaby and entry is by donation. Well, the hardcore stuff is just is fast, very aggressive and loud, you know, music, angry music. Mr. Steeston Mike. Welcome to the Flex Your Head Show on CITR 101.9 FM here in Vancouver. I'm um, here every Tuesday. 6 to 8 p.m. Playing some punk and hardcore for you. Uh, if you want to hear something, feel free to give me a call at 604-822-2487 or swing by flexyourhead.net and send us an email with a request. Hey, welcome back to the real world on CITR. 101.9 FM uh, with Dama and Dora. We are broadcasting, still broadcasting live from the still unceded and still traditional territory of the Hungarian speaking Muslim people here on UBC Vancouver campus. Yeah, we just talked about uh, two short documentaries and one cool vampire <laughs> film. We were talking about Iranian film. Dora. Whew, my What's turn. Up? I have one. We have one more film to talk about. It was fabulous. Um, it's called Taste of Cherry. Okay, about 1997, and I think it, I love this episode um, so far because all of our films have really flowed really yeah. well. Um, this film is set in, like, the suburbs of um, Tehran, which I was talking about a little earlier is yeah. the capital of Iran, and it's this guy who's driving around in this, like, 1990s classic Range Rover, yeah. um, and he is looking for someone to help him not kill himself but help um help him hide his body mm. so he's dug a hole um and is just looking for someone to come the next morning and bury like put dirt in the hole on top of his dead mm. body um and it's really beautifully shot it like there are kind of like three camera settings and mm. it's either like or I guess four, like, looking at the driver from the passenger seat, the passenger from the driver's seat, um, at the fr out the front of the car, like, kind of POV in the car. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, excuse me, it's this ca these cars on these, so very tight shots. Yeah. And alternates between just these sweeping shots of the car driving mm. on these really windy, dusty roads. Yeah. Um, he picks up three people. Um, the first is, like, a kid who he just terrifies. Mm, nice. <laughs> he gets really scared, um, which is pretty funny. Um, and just, like, and like runs out of the car. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. And then he picks up a seminary, so kind of like a monk, I guess. Mm. And he asks him for his help, and he won't do it for um, religious reasons. He doesn't mm. agree with it. Yeah. And then he asks another guy who agrees to do it um and the third guy is he does something that the other two don't do um which is like effectively just empathize mm. with the main character yeah and um shares the story how he once was um in the same kind of position and like went to go commit suicide and then um didn't and like he was like in a tree and about and like trying to tie the rope um and then realized that he was like in a mulberry tree and started eating mulberries Ooh. and then they were so delicious and then he like interacted with children and then saw the sunrise and then gave his wife mulberries and like he was he's he says um something that i've been thinking about recently a lot is um just there was just a moment where he shifted mm -hmm. where his just outlook shifted and he was like no this is worth it like this is um yeah, like, I've been looking at this kind of, like, all wrong, yeah. essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and really, really beautiful movie. 
Um, but I think it's cool. I like was really excited when you were talking about a fire because it's set in the like it's about yeah. the oil field. Yeah. Um, in uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Um, it's in the small city that's around oil fields. There are a lot of shots of just yeah. the drills kind of like rotating, which um, is really really fascinating. Mm. But then this um, is set more in the suburbs of Tehran, so there's a lot of like urbanization happening mm. and he's driving through all these construction sites where they're just like moving dirt and like shoveling stuff and yeah. um these huge machines both and i think both of these really speak to like the rapid urbanization yeah, yeah. and the like rapid increase or like western economic like influence yeah, that yeah. happened in iran after um the Iranian war or Iran- yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the revolution the, yeah the revolution um and i just thought it was a really beautiful film it was just like undeniably in my brain gorgeous and like also speaks to like i think the same with um we just spoke about it a little really briefly after udama were talking about um a house of black. Uh, the house is the black. house is black ah um so close i know every time they certainly try <laughs> <laughs> yes i do um but the universality of these themes and like its ability to be applied or like to be understood um in um like ugliness and like social ideas of beauty and acceptance in um (laughs) like um sexuality and demonization in a girl, a girl walks home alone at night in like disasters um in a fire um and adaptation of like human spirit and community and then lastly in mental illness and like tackling problems and grappling with issues that um everyone deals with so it was I loved the topic this week. Um, I'm really happy that we ended up doing it. And I think that we'll do more of these in the future because, A, it's a great, I mean, it's an awesome opportunity for me and Dama to um, learn more about the world that we're living in. But there's something so poetic about um, how universal the human experience is. Which is so cliche, (laughs) but it's true. And these films, I think, really showed that um, really, really, like, I don't want to say, like, exemplar, exemplarily. (laughs) They were exemplars of that um, concept and that idea. And I'm really grateful that we got to do it. And I'm grateful that you got to listen and hear um but that's all that we have time for on the real world with dama and dora broadcasting live from unceded and traditional territory of the hunkomin and speaking Muslim people here on ubc vancouver campus um we're going to do something that we haven't done in a really long time which is really sad um so here's like a little pre a little teaser i guess or like no what's happening it's not a teaser we're not teasing anything um but thank you so much for tuning into the real world we're going to um play you out with Lacey a song um by Gigi Peach a Montreal pop artist off of their EP Melt um so thank you so much for tuning in see you next time on the real world on CITR 101.9 FM shout out to Ridgewick Guitar